This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. The college football experience, SEC and Big Ten 2023 schedule breakdown episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in game odds, win bet is what you need to win. Sign up today, bet a hundred dollars, get a hundred dollar free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's big game bingo. Yes, $57 SGPN gift card for every time you hit bingo. We're also brought to you by SGPN's 57 bets challenge. Yeah, $570 in cash and a $570 gift card to the winner of the props contest. Get all your uh, contest info exclusively on the SGPN app uh, and uh, which is free to download in the App Store and Google Play Store. Also, if you're going to be in Arizona, the great state of Arizona, for the big game, AKA the Super Bowl. Well, make sure to check out our live show at the Ainsworth Thursday, 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. This is Jim Mora, and you're listening to SGPN. Let her ride. You're wondering who the hell you're listening to. My name is Colby Swing and Database Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick, this is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. I smoke and I drink and. Um... I don't have stress and I'm healthy. <laughs> we talk college football year round. You're not going to escape. Oh, it's what? It's February. We get waiting for Valentine's Day. Oh, why aren't you talking Valentine's Day? We don't do that shit here. We're talking college football. And if we are going to talk Valentine's Day, it's going to be about college football because we love it, including this guy. I am joined by my co host, Farmer. Farmer. Defensive back for the JMU Dukes. Give it up for the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, oiling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, oh, there we go. You like that? I do like that. I put the mic on high so everyone knows 
Yes. We're yes. going hard tonight. I like it. Music just sounds good. It just fucking sounds good, man. If you're an all-American red beating heart, ain't pumping right now, there's something wrong with you folks. <laughs> we are joined by third man in the booth, the DFS God himself. Shout out to Judge Dredd in the chat as well, but give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking, home brew making, tobacco road living, the free lock giving, farmer, farmer, heard the basketball league MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. Bam! What's going on, guys? Oh yeah, football is still here. Football is still here. Yes, 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 yes. S-E-C-E. S-E-C-C. I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, how we doing? You know, I like that. Nick's throwing punches. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick having a little power you guys intro got better, there. You guys Coming got better. That BDE guys. I got low energy over here. You guys got better energy. <laughs> Pound that coffee oh, there, brother. <laughs> We're going to have to carry the show, Patty. Oh man. I somehow <laughs> doubt that. Um, well, I mean, we got to talk and shout out to judge red. Let's ride boy boys. This episode just means more. Also in the chat though, look, we, you know, our strong suit is not pronunciations. Is that <laughs> Giovanni Argueta? Argu, uh, Argu, Argueta. Yeah. Argu, Argueta. I like it. I All like right. it. What's up, man. Yeah. Appreciate you. Hop on in. Talk some college football. If you got any questions Fire away. We're trying to answer them. We're tackling a lot of issues on this one. Uh, and uh, let's just start out with the bang. We're football connoisseurs. You know what I mean? We like to think so. We c- we also host the USFL. We talk podcast. out of our ass quite a bit, but you yeah. know, it's usually about football. So yeah. I feel like if someone saw our everyday lives, they'd be like, these guys are still talking. <laughs> these guys you know? are fucking idiots. Me and NC Nick <laughs> used to watch Baltimore Colt games. You know what I mean? Or sorry, Baltimore stallion games. Uh, I mean, we can go, we can go uh, Arizona Rattler. It doesn't matter the league. We've watched it all world league. We're that's I mean, how, seen, many, how many times have we been kicked out of a bar for, for talking about or talking, arguing about sports too loudly, oh, <laughs> either a bar or someone's house like that too. Yeah. When we were growing up. You'd be at someone's house fucking arguing about, I don't know, like fucking <laughs> sitting there saying Dave Brown could be a franchise quarterback. <laughs> Right, I remember in, our in minds, college. That's kind of going to uh, Virginia Tech. So the freshman year, I didn't go there, but I was going down to see my buddies to hang out for a week and everything. So we go to this kegger or something, and all of a sudden we just we're just like yelling about sports to each other, <laughs> and like some of the guys like, "Would you guys shut up here? Look at all the women here. What are you doing here, you fucking idiots?" <laughs> uh, like, you yeah. don't understand. Dave yeah. Brown is a good quarterback. <laughs> Give him the chance. And we've argued. I mean, the Scottish Claymores are going to win it this year. <laughs> yeah, we love it all. I mean, uh, honestly, like I think we could do just a football only podcast. It wouldn't even be college football. We'd be able to to kill it. But um, Trent Dilfer, Super Bowl champ, he was talking. He was talking. He said something actually that Tom Brady had said like a year and a half ago. I don't know if you caught yeah. Tom Brady a year and a half I ago. See that really. But, uh, Tom Brady was saying that. Well, first let me play the the Dilfer clip, and then we'll uh, we'll. Nice. This Got is Trent Dilfer. Modern day game does not impress me. It's super easy when you don't get hit as a quarterback, and when you can't reroute receivers, and when you can't hit guys across the middle. I love Tom Brady. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love these guys. It's not impressive. What's <laughs> impressive is what they did. 
Amazing comment. Well, what's great is he Tom Brady about a year and a half ago had said the modern game is not impressive. Those exact words. Really? Saying is talking about he goes before I couldn't lead uh Troy Brown over the middle cuz Ray Lewis would would hit him. So in a way, I don't even think Brady can argue it because he's said it himself. Right. But it's so funny seeing on social. For, well, I guess first off, let's. What, what, Nick? What'd you make of those? Uh, I knew those that comments? was music to your ears. I knew that as soon as you heard that, <laughs> you were well, going. It's true, man. When it. you watch the game, you can't tell me when you watch the game, you feel that truth. No, no. I mean, there's definitely some truth in there for sure. It, it is a different game, as far as what you know the numbers that quarterbacks and receivers can put up. It is different than what than how it was in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. So yeah, there's some truth to that. I think the three of us, we probably prefer it a little bit more like it used to be. But at the same time, I don't want to be the get off the get off the lawn. Oh, guy, I will be. You know, get off my sucks. fucking lawn. Uh, no, but uh, Patty C, what was your thoughts on? I this? mean, if you have a certain point of view, does it automatically? If it's not with like this modern, most recent point of view, does that automatically make you an old fart with a get off my lawn mentality? Are you allowed to like not? Yeah. Enjoy the. the Are you allowed to just critique the game that you love and say, "Hey, it was better when we had these rules"? Yeah, I I feel like you should be allowed to, but you're also you're kind of outdated. Well, who cares? (laughs) I don't think we're outdated. I think actually most people. I'm saying you should. I think most people would prefer that. Outdated is not always a bad thing. You know, if (laughs) like being with the trend, trends aren't always good things. You know. So anyway. you know, I think the hitting the quarterback is one thing, but that's not such a huge thing. And who knows about rerouting receivers, whether that, how big of an impact that really makes. But to me, a clear uh, impact that has changed the game and made it way easier for both receivers and quarterbacks is the limitation of defensive backs of being able to absolutely destroy. I mean, that was the game of football. Yeah. That was the game of football. And that is no longer the game of football is a glorified. It's a, it's a physical version of seven on seven now, you know? Well, yeah, I, but I think hitting the quarterbacks is a big thing too. Like, how many free first downs are do you get from some BS roughing the passer? Or where yeah, you yeah. elongate the drive, so therefore you're going to get more opportunities to to rack up stats and points or, and everything. Or so pass interference, matter. or pass interference, or like the fact that the quarterback just can they like it's like the Mahomes play. I feel like you know, with the, the play we just saw where he was put, you know, out of bounds and, and the late hit happened. Yeah. Um, you know, you can have the Liberty to run more freely now to get that call before you'd be like, I don't know if I want to go that much further. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Hey, Lawrence Taylor's right over there. Let me just run a yard out of bounds here. Yeah. <laughs> you know and, what uh, I mean? The other angles from that Mahomes play, you see, he, he sold that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, that's, that's happened still- on all sports though. Yeah. Yeah. That's ha- I mean, like that. That's soccer. Soccer brought that into the sports, the American sports world. And I, even I will, in college uh, basketball, a lot of guys sell that flop. I hate you know, it. So I hate it. So that that is everywhere. Um, yeah. my my problem is with people that are calling out Trent Dilfer being like, oh, you only want you know you won one Super Bowl on a bad team. So like he's not comparing his yeah. his his career to theirs. He's simply just saying, as someone that came up playing the sport. That he's not as impressed with the way the sport is played now, and yeah, it's attack it's, what he's saying. Don't attack him. Yeah, that's that's what's hilarious is everyone right. attacks what he said or uh, attacks what he attacks him and not and not what he's saying. Even well, though Tom Brady said the same fucking thing a year and a half ago, I will say yeah. it does sound pretty. <laughs> 
right coming out the right off the tongue it's like dude you are criticizing two dudes that are way better than you saying you're not impressed with them you should be impressed with them they're way better than you <laughs> oh they're definitely better than them and that would be in any era probably um but I'm yeah, saying- it's almost like what he's saying is that like if i was playing nowadays i would be doing the same thing Oh, I think he read between the lines. I think he could be successful in today's day. (laughs) He would not be anywhere near those guys. Not theirs, but I think he could be. I mean, he already won a Super Bowl in that era. (laughs) Now he wasn't. He wasn't the greatest quarterback, (laughs) but I mean, the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl ever. He's up there. It's bold. Jay Schrader. Yeah, but he's up there too. About to say he's better. Mark Rippin. Trent Dilfer's better. Mark Rippin. <laughs> ah, it's close. No, no, no. They were pretty similar. They were pretty similar. I, I shit. I think my. Dilfer Phil Sims is a good argument. Mm, I think you're shitting on Sims there. A little really? Bit. Yeah. yeah. I think Sims is like a poor man's Joe Montana. I mean, a, a, very, a broke <laughs> ass, a broke man. Oh, Dude, man. he was nice. Phil Sims was kind of nice no, uh, in no, the eighties. No, no, no. He was no. a smooth Stop passer, it. Game man. manager. Patty's handle- always had a thing for the Sims. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah. I think he just likes the blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like fair. Michael Pratt. <laughs> it does Are you sure like. Michael Pratt's not related to the Sims? <laughs> um, all right, let's move along. I just thought that that clip was was perfect because I hope hopefully hopefully the football gods you know hear this and, and make some adjustments. I'm, I'm reluctant to believe well, that. Well, and and Tom Brady, I, I don't know if it was part of the same quote or whatever, was saying it's not the defense's job to protect the quarterback. He says that in that same clip. That's the same. And then clip. he says he goes, yeah, the modern game is. The, is not impressive from a quarterback's point of view. Right. Yeah. It, it it takes the defense and it 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 puts the onus of protecting the quarterback on the defense. That's not the defense's job. One more thing though. Well, if that's a case, then how why is it still so hard to find good quarterback play? I think well, actually I, I don't know. Brock Purdy just went to the NFC championship. <laughs> that well, never, they have a, they that, have like has that ever happened run, before? <laughs> they have the best running game in the NFL and a very strong defense. Still, okay. I don't know that I don't know oh. that a seventh round rookie has ever in his first year taken a team to the playoffs, let alone well, the NFC how championship. Many good, how many good quarterbacks are starting in the NFL right now? Well, no, Nick, a, a, a perfect example though is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is Dave Brown. Oh. Uh, because and he's putting up monster numbers. Someone someone the other day did That's a blindfold, true. a blindfold of uh cousins cousins and Elway. And and you didn't know whose stats they were, and Cousins was way better than Elway's. <laughs> yeah, you can't look at stats. That's now, this era, game, though. Well, that, yeah. That's the what, game has yeah. totally changed. Well, but that, also, like when you're drafting a first round quarterback, what's what's the hit rate? Thirty percent, twenty five percent. So it's still, still not a very easy position to play if you're looking at like positions across all of sports. It's, I think it's still one of the most difficult. That's true, but I do think that if you're trying to compare stats from one era to another, and that's the basis of you know, your comparison of the quality of the quarterbacks is the stats. It's like they're asked to do the different things. Now an elite quarterback uh, I, now completes 75. I really, I really believe that Kirk cousins is the perfect example. He is an average quarterback. That's putting up gigantic numbers now. Yeah. That's how quarterback friendly today's today's football is. Yeah. It, it, Kirk cousins is better than at least half of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's putting up I mean, I don't know that, but I he's putting him. up numbers that yeah. would, you know, be the MVP numbers back in the nineties. Uh, yeah, don't look at, yeah, completely. I mean, so if, that, if you're just ju- judging stats, you can't, you can't judge stats from eighties to now that, c- that completely. has to, I think that's the point of all of it is like, you can't just say quarterbacks right. are better now because they're putting up better stats because the game is completely geared right. to give them better stats receivers. The, also, I remember when hitting a thousand yards used to mean something. 
Yeah. Well, another you know, thing is they like play more maybe, games like, too. Do what? <laughs> it's like the college. It's they play more games. It's like well, people destroy yeah. Barry Sanders' rushing record, and I'm right. like. Well, okay. He was playing eleven games. Yeah, and he played like <laughs> ten probably back then. Yeah. Shit, I mean, uh, he did not play ten games. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like that. There is real. <laughs> they played one less game in the nineties no, than they no. do now. <laughs> oh, Sanders himself? No, I'm talking in college. Oh, they didn't have oh, the college, SEC college, championship. College. They didn't have yeah, the no, championship no, college games. College, and then right. the, they wouldn't count the bowl game stats. You're you're talking about potentially playing three more games than college stats. Yeah, Barry Sanders would put up. A four thousand rushing. I, I don't even know that <laughs> Barry Sanders right is now. the perfect example. My my point is, is when they say games like, did Georgia play this year? Georgia played fifteen games. Exactly. Back like, in the day, that would have been 12. 11, yeah. Eleven. Yeah. Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Walker. Yeah. Then it would have been if they well, once they add yeah. There's four. There's four games. Well, and when you add in like COVID eligibility, that how many times you can, like old how many right times now. you can redshirt? <laughs> it's like no wonder why this guy's the leading passer. He just spent fucking twelve years at Georgia. You know what I mean? Like, it, I think we should throw out all record books. All record books should be thrown out, yeah, or um, else they should be taken with a grain of salt, like they're supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. There you go, Patty. Get off my lawn. All right. <laughs> all right. Next up. Uh, uh, let's let's dive back into college football. Dive back into college football. Uh, George Klavikov. He's diving back into football. All right. <laughs> Recently visiting SMU reports that the Pac-12 needs inventory. When you only have ten teams, if you're trying to get your, if you're trying to get your TV deal, and you're trying to be the most lucrative possible with the only late night window available. You need more games. <laughs> uh and they need more teams. I read an interesting article about this that they might even consider getting four, but I think two is is the most likely uh but it could be four just to to get the revenue going. SMU and San Diego State appear to be the two home run for sures. Um What do you make of that, Patty C? Uh SMU caught me by surprise a little bit. I know there had been, you know, whispers of it here and there, a little chatter, but uh, now they're just coming out and being like, boom, that's, that's a, uh, well, how about the fact that Sonny Dykes just left for TCU went to the national championship. So they're rivals. They're longtime rivals. Yeah. So bad enough that your coach just left and in year one plays for the national championship. They've always been ready to spend money, but I think right now specifically oh, yeah. the fact that they had Houston, the fact that they had UCF, <laughs> You know, oh, uh, SMU got their face spinning in this expansion. You know, Big that, Twelve, and that's what makes it so fun about the future of what the 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 Pac twelve uh, or Pac fourteen, whatever the fuck they do, and the and the Big Twelve, because Pac twelve would never take BYU because of their religious thing. That now I think they would gladly take BYU, but a little oh, yeah. too late. Little got a little snobby, <laughs> and then guess what happened? <laughs> Meanwhile, right? the Big Twelve would never take SMU. Because because That's they didn't true. want uh, you know, all the other Texas schools were like no 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 I, I read an, a good article the Athletic put out about Eric Dickerson saying that you know Texas and, and Texas A and M well we we know the story of perhaps they uh, are responsible for the death penalty with with the allegiance in the state from a, a political point of view put a lot of pressure for the death penalty on SMU and a lot of a lot of other programs are doing the same fucking thing Texas did or uh, uh, Texas I believe okay yeah. right. And then, and then he also said that they were, they've always been scared of our capabilities. They would never give us that pass. They're in Dallas. Now the question is, is does the PAC 12 a give you that pass? It's it's, you know, the thing that popped in my mind immediately is who were the people that were, who were the 
teams and schools that were probably most limiting religious schools and, you know, keeping the, keeping the image of the pac 12 super, you know, edgy or not edgy, but like, what's the word? Right, I'm like I said, it appears to be super USC secular, super. Yeah. I mean, I would think it's UCLA really. I, I actually would think also Stanford and Cal. Yeah. Okay. I would think Stanford and Cal, but now they realize they have no pull. Yeah. They're a little so, more desperate. So, but well, it, how many private universities are in the Pac-12 other than USC what? was Stanford and Stanford? Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. That's it. Yeah. They were mostly like large public universities. I don't know if that played into it. But Cal and UCLA. Oh, you're talking about as in terms of keeping private schools out. Yeah, like yeah. BYU or like SMU. Yeah, yeah, true. But then they realize, hey, we might all be independent or in the Mountain West. Uh, let me ask you that. I mean, let's say they do get. Well, first off, I guess we should talk about the potential of a four team because if they add two more, if 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 they add two more, I, I'm making the assumption that it's what maybe I think there's there's a th- probably three teams, Boise, Fresno, and UNLV that would be the three that they would consider. Maybe you could talk me into. See, I don't think Utah State because I think Utah actually has some power there. You know where I want to go, but they're not going to do it. What's that? It's a hard ticket. Oh, <laughs> why? Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> well, this conversation is going to dovetail nicely when we talk about sleeping giants, you know. And I think we're going to you know, tackle that subject here in a little bit. But yeah, there's a lot of you know sleeping giants that are right now in in the group of five that could be attractive. Colby probably named the most likely ones for the Pac-12, but it makes sense. We knew that expansion was gonna keep coming. It wasn't like you know I mean, everything's been pretty quiet recently, but. That doesn't mean things aren't you know happening behind the scenes, and uh, so this is interesting. Now I wonder. I mean, there's definitely some uh, validity to this. I wonder how realistic it is, and if so, if it's going to happen, how soon will it happen? Uh, I think it would happen very soon because they want to get the TV deal done. From what I understand, this might be from the well, a couple of the articles I read said it was just kind of the TV execs demand saying, "Hey, yeah. we don't just want ten. That means there's only five games. What happens if there's a bye week? Yeah, it doesn't give sure. you a lot of revenue or a, a lot of options. And if you want to do a, fr- a Friday and Saturday night thing, uh, it just doesn't give you a lot, a lot of, a lot of options. And for sure, and, that- and dude, Myron Kidd is is spot on with his comment. We're gonna get to the SEC schedule here too, but you guys can see it there. He is exactly right. But uh, that's a little bit off 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 topic right now. Patty C, <laughs> did you have a thought to finish that? Um. Well, I just thought if anything. Bringing in which which of those teams do you think adds more to the conference? And I'll I'll just lead this one a little uh, bit. Both, you both guys make sense. First. Both make sense because yeah. of TV markets and recruiting ground. I think those are the two things. Uh, I mean, San Diego State also offers a really good basketball program, but SMU wasn't that bad until this year. And yeah, year Rob Lanier's first year as head coach at SMU. But let's be honest, football drives the drives the the, the needle here. Right. It's it's Southern California having a game, it, yeah. You because how many? I mean, we can say what you want about Stanford fans or Cal fans, uh, even Oregon fans. They're scattered throughout Southern California, so if they ever got good, they could have an option to see their teams down in Southern California. Also, Southern California has so many. It's just the recruiting ground. Yeah, and, San Diego State's a no brainer. It's the most yeah. obvious choice in the world. They they should sign them tomorrow. And and then SMU, obviously the recruiting, and then Dallas, that market. And I do think it's a good fuck you. It's a great fuck you because SMU, 
you know, if the, they're kind of having a rivalry, right? Both, both uh, commissioners have came at each other kind of with quotes. If you get SMU, cause the big 12 is afraid to grab them. It was that uh, open for business quotes, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but the SMU or the, the like SMU has got an alumni in the NIL era. There are a potential. There's so much potential there. I'll put it like that. Like the way that they want to spend and the way that they're capable of spending Yeah, to, to make deep playoff runs, especially that's another thing. They have an automatic playoff bid. So I know we got Deanna at Colorado and I know we got Oregon, Washington, and Utah. You could argue, argue Oregon state too. That's decent. But um, if SMU, I mean, uh, that's not the biggest, the toughest gauntlet, right? At least right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean like, if you're a real, if you're an elite team, an actual elite team, if they're able to get to that level, they can get through that. Yeah, they can get through that. I agree. So I think the access there now, that's the question. What, what, when USC and, and UCLA leave and Oklahoma and Texas leave, which we'll get to in a second. That's, that's hilarious too. Uh, which conference do you actually think is better? Uh, between the Big Twelve and the so Pac-12? let's say oh, the Big S- Twelve right now with their uh, their uh, their additions that are coming in this coming season. But if SMU and San Diego State come in for mm, the Pac twelve, that's tough. I would yeah. we would have to go top to bottom on that. It, it's that's for another day probably. But yeah, uh, yeah, I I would probably still give a nod to the Big Twelve, but it's close. It is tough. Uh, I I think based on last year, I'd probably nod the Big Twelve, but. We coming. All right. We come. Uh, let me say San Diego and Dallas, number eight and nine, uh, in terms of largest cities in America, respectively. That's that's a nice thing for the Pac twelve to add. And my point of that question and, and my thought going into that question was uh SMU adds an edge that no other team in that conference will probably have. I mean, Arizona State should, but they just don't give a a damn enough, but I think SMU will both have the resources. They could become Miami ish, you yeah, know, Yeah, they have that potential and it would be interesting for the PAC 12 to have that kind of team. I mean, USC kind of is the same thing, but they, they act like they're San a holy. Diego state without, I mean, we'll get to our, I guess our conversation in a little bit here. Let's just, let's move along. I do want to yeah. talk Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, you know, they were trying to get into the sec early. Uh, have you guys followed the story at all? Not closely. They were trying to get into the SEC early. They agreed on a buyout date uh, to try to get in there, and apparently, uh, Fox Fox is doing a strong fuck you. Mm. So it looks like they might have to wait both years to 2000. We're going to see USC and UCLA probably in the Big Ten before we see Texas wow. and Oklahoma. <laughs> really? And so get this. So Fox owns the owns those games, and their argument is that Texas and Oklahoma. Are are more than half of the revenue essentially the yeah. home games the the ratings that they draw, so uh, ESPN saying you know here or, or ESPN via via Oklahoma and Texas saying here we'll give you this much money and it's like well we still need our inventory for our advertisers for our, our TV and uh, Fox is basically saying and I, I it's going to be very interesting to see where this lands because I don't if they get out of it early which the clock is ticking. Uh, they would need something in return. And I don't think a regular season game is going to cut it. So it makes it a very unique scenario here. Maybe you a know, playoff a game. A shitload of yeah. money might cut it. Yeah, but they, you still have your advertise. Yeah, I mean, obviously a shitload of money would be the thing. But hey, they've already failed for one year this upcoming year. We'll see. Uh, the b- reports, I think Ross Dillinger was saying 
that, uh, that, you know, right now Fox is basically, they're not even, they're kind of like, Hey, <laughs> no, it's not happening right yeah, now until you step up to the table with a lot more. So, yeah. so it's not necessarily the, the big 12. I think the big 12 is kind of like, Hey, let's get them out of there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but Fox is Fox is holding tight. You would think if Fox has probably got the better lawyers in the big 12, you know, and they're not like, you feel like any time that uh, a team is trying to break out and go to a different conference and there's realignment, there's always talk that, you know, the contract isn't going to hold water. And so they come up with a deal to like, you would yeah. think if the contract was airtight yeah. that they would just be like, no, fuck you. You're paying us the whole amount or you're staying the whole time. You well, know? I, it's hard to judge what that number is though, because, because Fox is basically saying like, what is, what, how, how much is Texas and Oklahoma worth to the, to the, the old big 12s contract they have? Yeah. Which is a very, lot. it's subjective. Apparently a lot. It's subjective. <laughs> a lot. It's, sure. a, it's a, yeah. So it makes it, it makes it a little tricky, but it's very, very interesting to see. And I also think some of the big 12 schools, although they probably agreeing with the buyout, they're not going to complain too much because they get, they get some of those TV ratings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for recruiting that might help some. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting thing going on as a, as a, you know, as, as college football continues to, to enter this really crazy time where conference realignment. And I guess we don't even ask that if SMU and, and, and San Diego state go to the PAC 12 does where, where does the mountain West and AAC go? I guess we'll, we'll answer that maybe on another episode, but obviously I think they would try to try to uh, mountain West. We've long lobbied that Montana, Montana state, North Dakota state, South Dakota state should be in there. Only a matter of time. Makes, it's gotta makes, makes too much sense. Yeah. 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 Um, Alabama, they they had two uh, two coordinators gone, kind of forced out by Saban, but I guess you could say promoted to the New England Patriots. Bill O'Brien, <laughs> they, they mutually parted ways. Cole. Yes, yeah. uh, but they hired Kevin. That means you're fired. Get yeah. <laughs> they hired the out of here. <laughs> so Saban went and get and got Miami's defensive coordinator Kevin Lexington Steele, who uh, this guy third stint with Saban at Bama. He was the OG DC when he took the job. Also, Kevin Steele notorious for uh when how much money did he get from Tennessee when uh when they fired uh the the uh, Jeremy Pruitt. They wanted the team to 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 hey, can you manage this team through this transition? They gave him like three million dollars. Best job ever for like a month. He didn't even coach a fucking game. He just watched practices. Uh, greatest, uh, greatest fucking job of all time. Shout out to Kevin Steele. He's the new defensive coordinator, which I think is a good hire by Saban. Now the offensive side of the ball, I did not see this one coming. Neither did I. <laughs> now, I guess you could say two th- two things here. Tommy Reese, Notre Dame's OC. They didn't have a lot of offensive talent. So how much do you put on the offensive coordinator? I can tell you this when I watched the game and I don't know if you saw Tim Brown's comments, you guys see Tim Brown's comments. No, uh, Tim Brown came at him saying, good, get him out of here. Wow. He plays, he, he played hero ball and I hate hero ball. He said he likes, uh, he said that they would just throw it to Michael Mayer every time. Cause he was the only guy instead of trying to scheme up, he would just say, Hey, we're going to throw it to the best guy on the field. Every, every play hero ball. 
Yeah, I don't know if uh, I mean, look, I'm I, I'm not defending Tommy Reese here, but I I think when that's your only option, <laughs> you kind of get your ball to get the ball to that guy. Uh, I but I think Matt Campbell, you could say like, okay, that's a guy who probably has less talent that can scheme up a little bit, but maybe that's not Tommy Reese's uh, forte. Yeah, well, it should be your forte. Yeah, I mean, you're a coordinator. coordinator. Yeah. Your job. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's Al- he's at Alabama now, and I feel like it might be a little easier. Can you just do? We were all right. taken through. Yes, I mean, it, it, like Clemson's offensive coordinators, <laughs> they looked really good when they had NFL yeah. players everywhere, right? Yeah. Pat knows this very well. Mr. And they're playing Wake Forest fan. and Duke. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff so, Scott. Uh, but we were all taken aback by this hiring, though, because yeah, like I, I don't think he ever really impressed us that much at at Notre Dame, and for Alabama to go out and hand pick him was surprising. Very surprising. Yeah, to me. Tommy Reese is. Uh, how many backup or like shitty unathletic quarterbacks end up becoming coaches? You know, <laughs> they always are there's be- a pandemic going on. They become <laughs> uh, Jason uh, Bruce no. Gradkowski. Didn't he? Didn't I just read? He's the OC uh, the, of an XFL team. Okay, they become the yeah. Jason Garretts and the uh, what's it called? Uh, who's the other Cowboys guy that just Tony Romo? Uh, oh no, the the guy from Boise, uh, Kellen uh, Moore. Kellen Moore. Yeah, yeah. when well, he was actually yeah. a decent coordinator. But either way, I mean. It makes a decent it makes a decent coach, I think. But how often do these guys have the it factor? You know, I don't know what turns into a great coach, but I do feel like a, a quarterback that develops not having tools around him generally is a natural fit at the coaching position as an offensive coordinator because he's just not relying on talent. He had to learn the system well, and so that's what Reese is. But he's just not that dynamic of a play caller. I still think but, when you're at, when you're at Alabama, you don't have to be. Like Steve Sarkeesian, I don't believe he's a good coach. I don't agree. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he landed the Texas job and he looked pretty fucking pretty awesome at Alabama. Yeah. Uh well Lane Kiffin also, I mean, it's rehab for coaches, really. Yeah. Um, so maybe it works out for and, him. Maybe and, and Sarkeesian needed some rehab. Hey <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um Miami went and hired Tulane's defensive coordinator Lance Guidry. This guy that might be a pronunciation. Yeah, I'm probably butchering <laughs> that. Guidry, Guidry. I think that's it. Wasn't there an old pitcher like on the Yankees, Ron Guidry? I think so. Some Guidry's yeah. out there. 80s. Uh, Lance Guidry <laughs> was Tulane's defensive coordinator for 18 days. Oh. Mm. He was Marshall's defensive coordinator last year. They are the third uh, best defense in the nation as far as yards per play. You so pulled my, the old uh, road rash face. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of the classic ones for the players. You know, like where people saying the players are changing to. Oh, really? This guy coached. Uh, he was uh, at Tulane for for not even three full weeks. Right. It's like Bobby Petrino. It's like all these other coaches yeah. Yeah. hadn't unpacked all of his bags yet. <laughs> Unbelievable. Go on. Uh, so who does Notre Dame turn to? At, uh, so what? No, Notre Dame. And Miami have voids for offensive coordinator. Notre mm. Dame. Uh, talk of Byron Leftwich. Talk of Sean Lewis, who just went to Colorado. They're going to try to. I think Notre Dame might might make a run at Sean Lewis, even though he might he's only been there for like two months. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. Maybe, maybe, to, uh, to see. Eric Bieniemy. No, yeah, good. apparently he can't get a fucking gig. <laughs> His name yeah. just pops up. Yeah, and, and racism is in the end zone. Meanwhile, Jerry <laughs> right. Jones is sitting there saying, "No, he can't get a job." Don't. <laughs> right. Yeah, instead yeah. he's going to give it to Jason Garrett for yeah, ten Jason, years. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, or that fat ass now from the Packers, whatever his name is. 
It's so uh, ridiculous. McCarthy. Oh, we yeah, put yeah. in racism in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Bieniemy's only had the number one offense for fucking ten years. Yeah, we fixed it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's fixed. Don't worry. <laughs> have fun. Have fun being a quarterbacks coach of the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Unfucking believable. Um. Uh, Mike Norvell got extended today. Wait, but who 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 is Nor- uh, Notre Dame? And do we have any leads on Byron Leftwich? I heard her, I heard Sean Lewis in, or Jason Candle, the Toledo head coach. What about Rolovich? What about Urban Meyer doing a little rehab? No one, no one's taking <laughs> a <laughs> shot on Rolovich. <laughs> Urban Meyer's not coming to be OC. Get Ro- out of here. Rolovich man. should be, and I'll yes. lobby that. You yes. know, I I saw some some uh, some beat writer saying Boise he or was it Boise? I don't know. So someone's beat writer was saying, you know, they can't give. Rolovich another shot. He put his team in jeopardy. Oh, shut the fuck up. All right. He believed in something different than the way you thought. All right. It's okay. He didn't harm anybody. If anything, he lost millions for something he believed in. Okay. We're through that chapter. Unless, unless you're referring to big 10 basketball where they still cancel games somehow because someone sneezes, uh, give Rolovich a fucking shot. This guy's not a bad guy. That's what beat writers do though. That's yeah. what beat writers do. What about my old guy, the the old uh, UNC head coach, Southern Miss, Fedora? That could be a nice hire. That's true. He's out of the X or the USFL. I mean, those are humongous. Are, are both the OC and DC positions at both of those schools? No, open? no, 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 no. They, Miami just hired Guidry. Okay, as the and, uh, and Notre Dame has uh, what's his name? That's certain uh, Al Golden. Golden DC. Golden's still there. Okay, so it's just OCs, okay. two OCs, but Miami. I, I I think uh could be interesting. Could be interesting. Josh Gaddis won the the Broyles and then he's gone. So <laughs> Life he with Mario Cristobal. <laughs> yeah, is, has Gaddis been given he a got look? fired? I mean, but is he getting a look anywhere? I guess. Yeah, he's getting a look at fucking I don't know the the uh, unemployment line yeah, strippers the ass Battlehawks the ba- Battlehawks <laughs> of St. Louis. Uh uh Mike Norvell got extended. Now I I I know we kind of talked about this before, but Norvell did he benefit on the ACC being awful, or is Florida State legit to to lock him up long term? They're getting better. Eight point nine million a year, almost yeah. doubled his salary. I was impressed last year. I was they, too. Yeah, I mean, they, how could they you not be? For him. Yeah. How could you yeah, not that, be? Yeah, yeah, that team kept playing for him, kept trying. Because didn't they get what was their record last year? I mean, they 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 started off beating LSU, but didn't they drop a couple games after that? They did. They did. And, the and then wake. they kind of turned it on. I'm, I'm yeah. pulling it up here. It was so, like Wake and maybe NC State and Clemson. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, uh oh, you know, because they started off four and oh, then they're four and three. You're like, uh oh, here goes Florida State again. Are they even going to make a bowl game? And what do they do? They win the next six. So and that NC State game was a criminal. They should have won that, dude. They're in. They're at the twenty yard line and they throw a fade with what, like thirty <laughs> seconds left? Yeah. And it gets picked. It's like, dude, kick the field goal. You win. Idiots. If anything, that's why you don't extend them. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, well, and Colby, to your point yeah. though, I mean, I, uh, nice way to end the, the season on a six game winning streak, but he beat Georgia tech, Miami, Syracuse, Louisiana, and Florida, and then Oklahoma with half their team out. All those teams had a losing record that you just named <laughs> every single team that you named just had a Louisiana losing record. finished over 500, right? No, six and seven, I believe uh, with the uh, bowl. Yeah. game. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's true. Good point. Not the most impressive win streak so ever. So if but. you're looking, I mean, they only had one win over a team that was over 500. That was LSU, and that was on a blocked extra point. But uh, the first, second <laughs> game ever with you know, or no, it was, it was LSU's first game because Florida State played week zero, 
right? That's against true. Duquesne. So LSU's first game with the brand new quarterback and head coach. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think you, you had to, cause the momentum of the program seems to yeah. be going in the right yeah. direction, but I still have some questions because the ACC Nick, what was worse this past year? ACC basketball or, or ACC football or this year's ACC basketball? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't See, he's sad. It. He's sad over there answering that one. I just want to drink my beer. I just want to drink my, my moose head. <laughs> All right. Next up. Uh, okay. Yeah. This is a fun segment here before we dive into the sec and big 10 schedules. Um, Wanted to note what, who are college football sleeping giants? Cause I can remember a time when Patty C was telling me Cincinnati, if they get their shit together, they're in this conference USA right now. <laughs> and then I saw them go to the big East and then I saw them go to the AAC and, and he was right. They they're now in the big 12 starting, you know, this fall, the that, recipe was there. Yeah. They now, just put the pieces together. Now I still think you can make a case that if you were saying who are college football sleeping giants, maybe that is still them because they are in Ohio and they're entering the big 12. I don't think you're sleeping. If you just made the playoff too, I was about to say yeah. like, okay. there's only been like 10 teams that have ever made the college football playoffs. And if, and if they're one of them, yeah, <laughs> well, you know? the other one, TCU, I can Nick, we remember watching who was it? Max Naki in the whack yeah. back in the, back in the whack and the CUSA. And then they went to the mountain West and then they found a home in the Big 12 and they played in the national championship. Probably should have went to the playoffs, dare I say, three times. Yeah. Now, I'll still say though, like if we talk about a giant, Cincinnati's still not a giant. Neither is TCU. You can't just make the playoff one time. You have to make it multiple times, or at least not maybe not even I don't think the criteria is making the playoff, but you just have to be on the top level of college football for a sustained amount of time. Yeah. And they're probably not there yet. But I, I still think they have reached a level of success when you where you can't call them a sleeping giant either. Yeah, uh, but well, what about I mean, so so you wouldn't call I yeah you can't call them a sleeping giant. Can you call Utah a sleeping giant now? No, right? Because that's another one so. or UCF. How about UCF? They went from the fucking Mac. They were in the they were in the Mac in like the late nineties, early two thousands, and now they're they're uh, in the Big Twelve and uh, you know won a national championship in two thousand seventeen. I guess I'd um, argue, and we can all have differing opinions on this and, and different criteria. I would say they've reached a level of, of success too, kind of like Boise, where you could argue that they should have made the playoffs at least once the undefeated season. So I think they've already reached a level of success too, where they're not sleeping. Yeah. Okay. So I'd be very curious then to see who are your sleeping giants. Cause I, I made a little list and George Mason's on my list. <laughs> I guess the term sleeping giant is throwing me off here. Cause a lot of teams on my list are not giants, but they could, they, they, they're, they're all, they're smaller schools now, which, which could be a whole lot bigger and better if they make the right, you know, investments, the right coaching hires. That's kind of the way I looked at it. Well, yeah, it's a little vague. It's a little vague because I do think there's, there's like, you can say, okay, we're, this is in a city. This one has great winning culture or, or whatever it may be. Or I think the fact that we're getting closer and closer to seeing like somewhat of a pro model in college athletics with the NIL and, and with, you know, uh, the, the, like, especially if they become paid and I mean, we'll get to that. Cause I, I think, I think out the gate for me was Stanford. Hmm. If they become paid employees, Stanford has endless money. It's true. If they become paid employees, 
Stanford could kill it without yeah. even caring. They could probably just, that's be, what I'm saying. Be competitive well, financially with the best of them. Like, and they wouldn't be competing with the title nine stuff or anything. Like if they just, if they become, which it's up for, you know, this could happen very soon Yeah. Uh, in the next couple of years, Stanford to me is the one that you're in California. You have gr- good academics. So, uh, but that wouldn't even matter. Think about that. Getting into the school is half the, the the deal. If they're paid employees, they don't even need to get into the fucking school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, yeah. that's the thing too. That's like, true. I think there's a, a few different things here, and, and and no school has to have all of them. But I think look, location is big. Um, I think the size of the school is big. The the the, the pockets, the buy-in from administration, uh, it, whether or not it's public or private, that could have something to do with it. And also your your history your athletic history. I think all of those things are factors. Is are there any factors that I missed? No, I think those obviously, I mean, city cause NIL could be huge, but yeah, obviously well, like, the first thing I said is location. It's like real estate yeah. location, location, location matters. I don't think a team up in the Northeast or, no, or up in the see, Dakotas. I think I had Yukon on my list because hmm. I think they have money. And to me, if you have money and also they have access to New York city, it's not that far away. That doesn't matter for football. Well, I I think right now though, but if you build a winning culture, there's not much talent in New York city football wise. doesn't matter if they're, if NIL, if if you're going to make this pro model, what they're doing to essentially college athletics, dude, I'm watching Colorado go in like 80% of their recruits are from Georgia and Florida right now. Recruiting is becoming more nationalized. That's, that's true. Uh, But uh, lots of t- people are going to have money also. So money's not going to be the only factor. Obviously it's going to be a very important factor well, I, as far I, as bringing I mean, in players. I, I mean, I'm just saying access to, if you can just build a little bit of winning culture, yeah. I think UConn basketball and football could be, could be big. And I also think, yeah, I'm going to argue yeah. back that there's not a lot of talent in the like Northern Jersey, which is essentially New York city. It's right across a, a, a river, right? Saquon, or, Saquon Barkley, right? I, I mean, mean you shit, got, yeah, yeah. Uh, peppers, um, uh, and uh, Rashawn Gary both were the top two prospects in the yeah, country. Yeah, Jersey and Pennsylvania actually kind of have like slept on talent. I Pennsylvania like. has yeah. talent. Dude, Jersey, Jersey is a Jersey produces state. like the most like, like tenth, tenth or eleventh most NFL players, and they have New Rutgers Jersey? as their only team. If they start paying those dudes to stay instead of going to Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan, right, and they're able to convince them to stay. Jersey and Rutgers is definitely a sleeping. That's what I would say. Uh, any flagship school of a of a state. That yeah. hasn't produced, especially if that well, state I, has I talent. I didn't put Boston College on here because, even though they're in the city, I just thought, man, they've been asleep at the wheel too long. Like I, I feel like UConn has real, like for some reason, the city of Boston almost has this war against Boston College. It seems like to me, but UConn to me has this one where it's like, hey, if we're going to a more pro model, there's no sports team in Connecticut, right? You're yeah. right there. I think basketball and football, they could become, and, and also if you're talking about NIL, fuck New York city's right there. A lot of rich people from New York city live in Yukon or live in uh, Connecticut. Um, I don't know. I threw that was on my list though, but well, I didn't put Boston that, yeah, college. The fact that Yukon yeah. is essentially New York city's football team. You know, you would think with 20 million people or however many in the, in that city, there's going to be some talent. You know, you say UConn is New York City's football team. They're the closest team. <laughs> like, is it Rutgers? I, 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 think, I don't think no, there I think is. Rutgers I mean, is I, in the middle of Jersey, right? Or is it uh, kind of like two thirds of the way up Jersey? I don't know. Where even Rutgers if is. its proximity is the closest, I don't know. I don't think 
New York City has a football team. I well, don't I think, think they care about well, yeah, college but, football. No, and but those that do care about college football there came from elsewhere. Well, yeah, New York City I, doesn't have a basketball team either, and it's the basketball mecca of the, the fucking. The, the there's Johnny's. too many people there. There's, t- there's too many people there, Nick. <laughs> like I can tell you this: we look at our college football downloads. Guess what? City's number one. New York City every fucking time. New right? York City, and that's because there's so many people in it. And I, I still, I refuse to believe that. Like, if if you can build a couple years of winning culture, I just think that it could work there. I really believe, and I, I actually think they want it to work there. Well, that, you know me, I'm anti Northeast football, so maybe I'm uh, I'm jaded <laughs> here. Uh, give me some on your list, though. I got I got more. Right. I got right. more, well, but yeah. You brought up Boston College, so I'm going to stay in the ACC. I want to say Louisville. Oh, Louisville is a big public university. It's it's easy to get into. The the term they use is lightly selective. <laughs> I actually think if if we were to set odds, I think Louisville is going to be there the first. Like they, yeah. I think the way, especially, especially like Clemson kind of toning it down a little bit. I think Jeff Brown is good. I mean, you know, I talked about this, you know, that administration will do whatever it takes to succeed athletically. I'm surprised they haven't been better, but you know, you have to have the right coach too. That's a a huge thing. Cause, cause apparently college football coaches are like NFL quarterbacks. There's not a whole lot of really good ones. Yeah, yeah, Chris well, Creighton. Louisville. Chris Creighton's still sitting there at Eastern Michigan. There's just and fucking gold sitting there. And Louisville is around a lot of talent. Okay, you got yeah. Ohio to the north. You got those southeast states that produce a ton of talent. Also. DMV. Louisville. DMV. I, I don't even think it's that far Louisville's from that. Always yeah. dip their toes in the Florida recruiting waters. Yeah. So they're going to have you know a footprint down there too. So I, yeah, I think Louisville makes a ton of sense. If we're setting odds at this, I would say Louisville's way ahead of the ones I just mentioned. Right, I think Louisville and Arizona State are at the top. Arizona State was on my list too. In terms of teams that are willing to spend, that and have access to talent, yeah, yeah, I would think those both have a high, high ceiling. Would you put? Would you put San Diego? I guess pending San Diego State joining the Pac-12, would you put San Diego State above Arizona State if they're in the Pac-12? That's really tough, probably because San Diego has like. Never the the football culture with the uh, Chargers. But they just lost the Chargers. It's the only show in town, at least in Arizona. You're an hour yeah. away from U of A. You have the you have the Cardinals there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, like, they just always have lost their like San Diego has never been able to keep their top talent at San Diego. I'm State. just saying, there's a lot of shit you can do in, in Arizona. You could say, well, I'm going to the Suns game or the Coyotes or the Diamondbacks. Yeah. You know, all, all going on during football season. Like in right. San Diego, you have the Padres. You're competing with. They should. Yeah, they should be able to completely dominate their market, you know, and I agree. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I, I think Louisville has a bit of a branding issue. I think they need to figure that out. You know, the little curse of what black L on a red, red L on a black helmet. <laughs> that doesn't even like, you can't see it. It's like, all right. What do you think about Benedict Dantold saying Maryland? They're on my list too. For a potential one. Uh, again, they're really the only university in the state. There is a decent amount of local talent. And not only do they have, but the they state, never but get the local talent, man. They just lost that yeah. five star. This guy's going to be a freak to South Carolina. It's like seeing Caleb Williams, who's also from the DMV at USC or Oklahoma. It's yeah. like, dude, lock, uh, Travion Henderson, the running back for Ohio State. If they could just lock that down, right? But yeah, I mean, so not only do they have the state of Maryland, but they also have the whole DC area because there's no DC school, there's no Northern True. Virginia school. 
So yeah, they they also it's a it's another public university, pretty large enrollment, forty k. Now it is a tough to get into. I don't know if that will matter. I don't think it should. I think they should have loopholes for the athletes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I, Maryland was on my. Uh, I don't know if I would have put them in my top five, but they were on my list. Patty, uh, who's some that you have here? Well, real quick on Maryland, I, I do think geography, just the shape of that state, makes it tough because. A lot of Maryland is closer to state college than it is to college park. And then as it curves around, you've got teams that are close to Philly I mean, uh, parts of it that are closer to Philly than uh, college park. And then even the main population centers of Maryland are close to Maryland university. That's not, true. Not Western Maryland. That's true. Uh, I mean, it's right. Maryland's essentially yeah. in DC. So you have Baltimore and a DC that are accessible and Northern Virginia. You should be able to feel a pretty damn good team there, especially with the under armor, under armor money too. Yeah, you're right. They're probably and, a and that SVP. That's Scott Van Pelt money. That's Scott Van Pelt hype. <laughs> uh, yeah. Larry David money. Come on, reach out to Larry, reach out to LD. All right. Um, let me ask you this. I know we, we said Louisville and Maryland, and I know they're in two different conferences. Where would you put Pitt in those th- among those three? They were definitely uh, on my radar. I think Pitt is one that is very, it's just a football city too. Now I know that they don't play on campus anymore and that sucks. They play further away, but I just feel like Pittsburgh's, they should be better. I don't even understand how Penn state's better than Pitt. Really? Like, I feel like Pitt develop. There's a ton of talent in Pittsburgh all the time. Yeah. I don't understand how they're just, it's gotta be coaching, right? <laughs> I think Penn state and Ohio state being sandwiched in between those two is tough. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. That's tough. Penn state they, was they able to deserve to be yeah. on the list. And Penn state was able to come back from a crazy scandal faster than Pitt could come up. <laughs> but, but Pitt's also, they've had the talent. I mean, how many great players have yeah. they sent to the NFL? So it must be the wrong coaching hires. Well, I mean, Pitt is, they are so Pitt, it hurts. They can't help but be themselves. And that means run the ball and play defense. But and with NIL, even the Maulers have to put on the black and yellow. With NIL, you couldn't help but think that Pitt would be better than, better than Penn State with their future, right? With how much money can dude, funnel. Penn State is a huge university. I just feel like, like Pittsburgh's a gigantic, I mean, not a gigantic city, but a lot bigger than State College. I don't know. Yeah. But that's the size of the city. That there's not necessarily this the amount of wealthy alumni. And I know a lot of people are. I mean, you know, Penn State's got Sean Stack the money green. <laughs> <laughs> How much money did did he win on on, on DraftKings? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. See if he made any donations. I know Real Money Kramer does donate to Virginia Tech's uh, NIL. You know oh, what wow. I mean? He's got that going. Oh, um, uh, all right. Well, Patty C, who's some that you had on your list? Um, well, I did it. Uh, I, there are a lot to choose from, so I just went uh, one sleeping giant from each group of five conference, okay, and one underachiever from each it. power five conference. All right, American. I feel like the sleeping giant is South Florida. They, they were number two in the country like 15 years ago. We thought, oh, they're the team that's going to come up and be the fourth team from the state of Florida. Can, can I make a case for though? Yeah. I'm curious. Would you put this is the new American, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I want your guys' take on this. South Florida is in Tampa, but you have Charlotte in a thriving city. Yeah. You also have Memphis, where there's tons of fucking talent, and then Tulane. Now I know Tulane's hard to get into, but once again, if all of a sudden they're employees, mm. Tulane has a ton oh, of money. Yeah. 
dude, New Orleans has yeah. so much talent. So those four besides so close I mean, to LSU though. True, but they love football in general. Yeah. I mean, do you well, see the I, two lane fans that went to the fucking cotton bowl? Right. Yeah. And each, each of those, I, I think, I think this is probably the conference that has the most upward mobility <laughs> because there's a lot of teams that and you guys just mentioned them. I had Memphis on my list. Uh, now they are sandwiched between a bunch of sec schools, but that is the most talent rich area, probably even more so than, than USF. What about is that? A fair, is that a fair statement? Yeah, Memphis should have made my list. What, uh, what about yeah. UTSA? They're probably, they're probably a, a bigger sleeping giant than USF. Now that you yeah. come to think of it, what about UTSA? UTSA definitely. UTSA is well, again we got thirty thousand enrollment, uh, a very easy or very high acceptance rate. Local talent is everywhere in Texas. Well, I didn't put them as a sleeping giant because they've been so damn good. I put UTEP, but if we're gonna say uh, UTSA or UTEP. I'm gonna go UTSA. Well, UTEP's not for in the sure. AAC. Oh, why, yeah. why am I confusing them? Yeah, U- UTSA is in the new AAC. UTSA Dude. moved. That's what happened. Yeah. Okay. UTEP, I don't know. I don't. I'm guessing they don't have deep pockets because they're in El Paso, and nobody in El Paso has deep pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also <laughs> something that's going to be a detriment. Is is who wants to go to El Paso? I'd rather go to San Antonio. It's true. It's true, but NIL, I mean, it is a fucking huge city. Isn't well, El Paso huge? San Antonio like is a huge city. San Antonio is the seventh biggest city in the uh, country. El Paso, the 22nd biggest city. Right next to Nashville and Washington, D.C., and above Boston, Las Vegas. It's a big ass city, El Paso. It might be dirt poor. Who knows? It's probably got yeah. some rich people. I don't know shit about El Paso. If Biff Pogie gets <laughs> if Biff Pogie gets Charlotte going, Nick, there is, I mean, Charlotte is the uh, number six fastest growing metro area in the country. Well, what's your pecking order here? Let's just quickly break down the AAC there. Uh, as far as potential potential, uh, you know, blue blood or not blue blood, uh, uh, sleeping giant. Sleeping giant. Um, you think you guys think Memphis think is Memphis one over UTSA? I go Memphis one. Yeah, I would go UTSA second. USF three, Charlotte four. What about Tulane? Maybe Tulane over Charlotte. Just because North. Uh, the other problem with Charlotte talented. is that Clemson's not too far at all. True. And and the other thing is, uh, there's a ton of uh, competition within the state of North Carolina for all their talent. But Charlotte is a lot like, of Power Five conferences. Yeah, I'm sorry, Whereas, Power yeah. Five teams. Yeah. Whereas Louisiana's uh, LSU and and that's it. So Tulane could get their leftovers and still be awesome. True. Very true. Uh, who, who else? What other conferences? Uh, you, uh, conference USA. I said UTEP. Uh, I like that. I mean, what about, what about uh, middle Tennessee? Na- it's right there and not, not far from Nashville. I didn't give that a lot of love. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just playing devil's yeah. advocate. I'm not, Throwing I'm not saying I'm, I'm right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Was that your, uh, your choice? No, I didn't go conference by conference, but if yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the, at, at, uh, at there the just wasn't USA, a lot. I don't think there's much in the, in the conference USA right now. That's probably like Sam Houston or Jacksonville state. One of those schools coming. Yeah. Sam they Houston. just reached. The, I know, but I'm just saying, I feel FBS. like they, they probably don't, they probably would have some money to spend or something or to put football first. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would say if you, UTEP and, and Jacksonville state are your, your big horses coming up, then your conference is pretty dead. It's probably, dead in the water. It's probably Kennesaw. I feel like it's close to Atlanta. Could be, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, uh, what, what's your next conference? Uh, I said Mac, and I said uh, we saw a Mac. That's what's crazy. When I was doing this, when I was putting together this, and I had 
I was like, I forgot UCF was in the Mac for a while. So I was like, we sell a Mac school now. Make that jump. Make that jump. Central Florida was in the Mac. Yeah, yeah, dude. For I remember a, for Marshall a few years. in the Mac. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let me. Uh, UCF was. Yep. You were you were watching football with us all these years too, man. They had a couple years in the MAC. Let's go. Let me look here. Central Florida is not afraid to be a, a non-geographic fit. I'll so, say that. So, so look, when we first started watching them, when they had Culpepper, uh, they were independent. All right, so they went mm-hmm. from independent. They were in the MAC from 2002 to 2004. Then they jumped to the I CUSA. Right. Then they go from CUSA to AAC. Wow. And now the Big Twelve. Wow. Okay. Travelers. But going back to the Mac here, I, I don't think there's anybody really. <laughs> Probably not. They I never said... even they never even won the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> they went they went ten and wow. They went ten and twenty five in the Mac. And and they fucking got out of there. Movers and shakers, all <laughs> business. You know, they don't wait. But if if I they mean, get the opportunity. The Mac should should recall himself the uh, the Rust Belt Conference, <laughs> the the RBC, because a lot of these you know schools are not in thriving areas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Eastern Michigan is plenty. All right, they almost yeah. had a million dollars. They offered a million dollars to Caleb Williams. That's a fucking that's one start. of the better areas right yeah. outside of, that, of that, Ann Arbor, close to Detroit, I guess. Dude, but they offer Caleb Williams a million dollars. I gotta believe that that's probably got to be leading the way. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that or like what Akron because maybe LeBron James money is going to come through there. Could be. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's going to be spending a lot of his time in Akron. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pick a team. Where who, would you? Who's get? the brokest team in the MAC? Who do you think would it's be? It's got to be one of the Ohio. Uh, Bowling Green, maybe or Ohio. Yeah. Uh, what about like you would think uh, Ball if, State? If if Akron isn't Muncie. getting LeBron money, then it's Akron. Ball State, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, ben, Benedict Dantel says. I mean, at least Buffalo is in a decent sized town. That's what. That's my pick. Buffalo from yeah. from the MAC. As Maybe the, if if Toronto can take the Bills, <laughs> the Bulls will become. I'll uh, say that man. If they ever got really good consistently, the problem has been like Lightpole was there had two or three years consistently. If, he, if they could build that like Boise did over a decade, yeah. I do believe that town would would support them. Yeah, that is the answer. Because look, there's a lot of crazy football fans in Buffalo. We yeah. know that for a fact. But in general, it's not like it's a, a thriving city that's growing. And I I believe it is the state flagship school of New York. A little known fact. Well, there you go. I did not know that. I was not aware of that. Uh, <laughs> next conference, Northwest. You guys are going to disagree with me, but fuck you. All right. <laughs> It is Hawaii. It is Hawaii. Right? There is more talent per capita among Samoans and Hawaiians than any other race or whatever in the universe. And look, all you got to do is hold it down, man. Look, I I looked at the. uh, My brother did some research on this. the The island body type, right, requires uh, the ability to hold weight for long trips on canoes, right, and long ass arms to like. Uh, move the paddles. That's why they're fucking shaped like they are, which is perfect for being alignment. Thousands of years of evolution. Yeah, they are. There's not a Patty C did a deep dive on Dan Saliamoa. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they were just custom made to be dominant uh, alignment, and so you you hunk, Dude, you get some money in there. That is a stone conversation if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you put them? Uh, I guess you're saying San Diego State's already in the Pac-12. Cause yeah, I don't. Yeah. What about not, UNLV? That's the answer. UNLV is probably probably the right answer. I have a, a sweet spot in my heart for Hawaii, though. Look how look fucking 
USC, Utah, Washington. I'll, All I'll these teams this. are built on uh, Pacific Islanders in the trenches. I'll say this: if Stanford or Cal get on their high horse and do this, we, we might want to be independent. And the Pac-12 extends the invite to because the only thing keeping Fresno from joining the Pac-12 is Stanford and Cal. I think if they are to join Fresno, yeah, simply because they love UNLV football over Fresno, I think. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's a shit ton of people there too. There's a shit ton of people in Fresno. Like that's go, true. Go, go look there. It's actually More success like on the football field. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I think that could yeah. be, and they actually have built-in winning culture. Also. Fresno yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. the number 33 biggest city in America. Yeah, there's a shit ton of people there, man. I, I when I when I did stand up there, I was like, well, it's like now bigger than Atlanta. Is also top 10 fastest growing metro areas in the country. That's true. That is sorry, true. That, that's a UNLV. I meant Las Vegas, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Vegas is the answer. You're <laughs> right. They're, they are the sleeping giant there. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Next, next conference. Uh, I believe this is the last conference on my list. Sunbelt. It's clearly JMU. Fuck you. All right, let's, let's move on. <laughs> Sunbelt. It's gotta be what, I mean, Georgia state's in, tough. in, in Atlanta tough too. Yeah. It's tough too. Cause it's mostly small towns. Kind of like the Mac. Yeah. I mean, I guess Georgia state's in Atlanta, but they don't even get fans there. So well, <laughs> app state had people Benedict Danto cracking me up. Fresno smells like cow shit though. <laughs> Tough to recruit. <laughs> What's that? That's the smell of winning baby. All right. That's right. We are corn fed out here. Uh, what, uh, what were you going to say though? The what did belt? George Costanza say about manure? <laughs> it's not a bad word. You have man and then newer. <laughs> It's uh, factual. Yes. Uh, Sunbelt. It's got to, I mean, JMU does make sense, but also Georgia state's in Atlanta. JMU has limits. The only thing that gives JMU a possibility is that UVA and Virginia tech are seemingly trying to give that state away. Um, You know who the right answer is? It's Southern miss. It could be Southern miss. Southern miss. I think it's app state watching their fans converge from all sides to have a gigantic mosh pit in the middle of town after they beat a <laughs> and That was great. Hey, that, where else that do you see heart, that? Huh? Yeah, that, 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 that sold heart. me. Yeah. Uh, next, know, uh, ODU, the seven, five, seven, a lot of uh, talent there. Patty sees out on them. Cause JMU he, before JMU answered, he was like, ODU's actually the- no ODU oh, yeah. does have a shit ton of talent. Get Ronald Curry as the uh, OC there, or at least the recruiting coordinator. And lo and behold, get Dre Bly. He's re- recently been released. Yeah, they should get him right now. What are they doing? Yeah, come what are they on. Doing um, get Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, defensive so coordinator. Get Vic. the other team we should mention here, and they they are now in the Big Twelve, I guess. But Houston, because Houston Definitely. is the third largest university in the state. Another public one. I mean, you have like you have alums like Master P and Paul Wall. Okay, I mean that alone. I didn't realize Master P went to Houston. He did. I do remember oh, him in college. Shit. Don't I? I know. I remember him on the play tryout for the Raptors. Was it right? Yeah. Um, uh, oh yeah, Houston. No, Houston is one that that really should. And and I love the fact they get Texas in Houston this year. I'm so excited yeah. about that game. Um, There's no difference. I mean, Houston might Houston have more. Should be but, like the number one team yeah. in the nation. Yeah. I mean, they are in basketball. They're number three right yeah, now, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that so what, what you. universities are larger? Is it? Um, UCF. A&M, A&M and Texas tech. No, I'm sorry. In, a, oh, in the state oh, of Texas. Oh. I, I think A&M and Texas tech are huge universities. Also, dude, uh, I went to A&M and that was like, yeah, that was massive. You would think yeah. Texas longhorns has got to be up there too. I think that's an, another I would think big university, both, but apparently Houston's the, the third biggest. Really? Yeah. 
That's interesting. It's a co- uh, commuter school though. Cause there's so many fucking people in that town mm, too. It's okay. half commuter, but that's UCF too though, man. Yeah. You, that's what they said about UCF and look what they've done. Right. So a and M's enrollment is uh, uh 72,000 plus Jeez. Yeah. Uh, university of Texas enrollment, 51,000. And then uh university of Houston enrollment, 45,000. What's Texas tech. Texas Tech enrollment just sec uh, is thirty six thousand. Mm, there you go. Lubbock's in the middle of nowhere though. Um, interesting. Okay, these are all big ass schools. I put I put George Mason on my list. You guys, you guys <laughs> just gave me a hard time. <laughs> Start yeah. your football sure. program. Come on, they are a club team right Start now. Start your fucking football program. Um, and I also did have UConn on my list. Yeah. And I think we covered every other team. I said, actually I had Florida Atlantic also on the list. Fair Tom Herman. Sure. Good hire. Nice. I think Solid. they might have a better chance than uh South Florida, Florida. No, that they, they were in consideration for me. Florida Atlantic. Uh, all right. Underachievers. Yeah. That's the next question, which is fun here. What programs are the biggest underachieving programs? I think we have to mention Arizona state again. Yes. Yes, because they should be really fucking good. I guess, like, like, like we were talking a little bit beforehand. I mean, Patty C's right. A sleeping giant means you're also an underachiever. Like, yeah. just, just the term. Like, we've used other, some other schools here that technically probably aren't sleeping giants. But if you are a giant and you haven't woken up yet, that means you're underachieving. And Arizona State is definitely on that list. But let's get real here. We wanted to bring this up just so we could shit on Texas, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta be Texas. Gotta be. Gotta, yeah. Who else? Texas. And uh, what? probably every school in Florida, Miami right now. So I mentioned also you guys, Penn state. Yeah. Why is Penn yeah. state not Ohio state? What's the difference? Yeah. Well, uh, they, well <laughs> they were scandal. <laughs> Well, There's a guy. Yeah, kind of <laughs> fuck things up for their future. Shortly, How many years ago? Shortly, shortly after that, uh, 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 I don't know. They they took down a statue. Uh, became, I guess you came right, an issue. No, but yeah, you're right though. Still, you're right. What, what about was that, a decade ago? Yeah, yeah. Even before that, they weren't getting. I mean, I guess in the 80s, 70s, Paterno was nasty for a while. How many titles did he win? Uh, well, the question, which, what do you define as a title? Because there was all this bullshit in college football where like you can go undefeated and still not win a title. I yeah. think he won two actual national championships, both in the eighties. Yeah. I feel like he, well, he won yeah. one in the nineties. They just didn't give him it. They didn't give him a national, they, they didn't give him a national championship though. Did they? Huh? They didn't give him the national no, championship. No, that they year. gave Nebraska the national championship. That so year. stupid. Whole thing is stupid. Um, uh, Benedict Dantel says Georgia tech and Nebraska. I agree with Georgia tech, but I don't think I agree with Nebraska. I think Nebraska was just wildly overachieving for a long time because and they now were going they've... to cheat the most. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think with NIL and stuff, you know, I feel like they have no competition in the state, but there's no talent in the state. There's no, in the no state. I, but they have, they have money to bring in talent though. I think that's the new game now is it's like Wisconsin doesn't have a ton of talent in the state. You know what I mean? Nebraska, More than as Nebraska a state has less yeah. than 2 million people. It's a small state. But the, Wisconsin dude, has more talent than Nebraska, definitely. Yeah, I agree. It's closer to Chicago. Um, but I still uh, okay. I'll put it further down the list, but I think it could be right. Miami's got to be on this fucking list. Texas and Lately. Miami have to lead the way. Yeah, it's been twenty years since Miami was good. Yeah, 
Miami's wildly underachieving school. Although it's but, tough. Yeah, you, sorry, Patty, go ahead. No, I mean, I just just tough to what what should Miami's expectations be? Right. It's tiny school, right? Maybe they overachieved in the eighties and nineties because again, they were willing to cheat the most. Yeah. And now that it's more of a, le- a, a level playing field, why should they be that good? Why wasn't, why temp- should they be better than UCF? Miami's a small private school that doesn't have a on campus stadium. 17,000 is their current 17,003 is their current enrollment. So not that small, but not able to compete with 72,000 at a yeah. and M. So that, that they are a small school that in that regard. All right. All right. Well, uh, I feel like those ones are, I had a couple. Okay. Notre Dame. Dude, if they become employees, Notre Dame is going to be dominant. Yeah. If yeah. they become employees, I think that's the only thing. And you don't need academics. Yeah. I think that's the only thing holding Notre Dame back. How about South Carolina? Why did Clemson rise and South Carolina couldn't? Great point. It's a good point. And we we're old enough, Nick, to remember when South Carolina wasn't even in the fucking SEC. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when they were independent. Uh Well, Beamer may have something to say about it yeah. yet. Yeah. You know? and it, up until his past year, I think Tennessee was in that conversation too. Yeah. yeah. Massive underachiever. Yeah. What about Benedict Dantold saying Illinois? Yeah. I almost want to put them in sleeping giant because you know, they've never been elite, you know, but they should, they have the same characteristics of these other schools that yeah. we're calling underachievers. They, they've had good years, like Rose bowl years. Yeah. So, at least two Rose bowl, Rose bowls in my lifetime. Yeah. Under Ron Zook. Yeah. Uh, they should be better. Yes. By a lot. Um, I'm going to say this out of the pack 12 UCLA. Oh yeah. That one's easy for sure. <laughs> Just UCLA might be number one, like for the past 50 years of college football, <laughs> you're, you're sitting there. like USC has like the most pros ever drafted. Yeah. And most UC- pros ever drafted at any college is USC. 20 minutes yeah. away and yeah. can't, can't fucking win 10 games. Uh, SEC. Ivy, obviously, AM has got to be on the list. Oh, Did yeah. we already uh, say that? I, well, I, I said South Carolina and Tennessee. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, AM. SEC's got too. a few. I'm going to give one more. What's that? Ole Miss. Ole Miss is. They, they, they have the whole history behind them, though. Weren't they the last team to uh, Who cares? integrate? It wasn't they're called the Rebels. Yeah, they're, their uniforms look like the uh, Confederate uh, Army. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look, Alabama and Ole Miss, as far as states are concerned, and you know, city talent available, uh, population. Of the state, there's nothing that dis- no, separates no, 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 Alabama no. and Mississippi and uh, from a state have standpoint. Have you driven through the fucking, like if you, there's a They're difference. the same there's state. A, no, I mean, not. Mississippi is one of the poorest. Yeah. States Mississippi's yeah. A slightly poorer than Alabama. Yeah. You know, when you go through Mississippi compared to when you go through Alabama, it's yeah. not that different. I've driven through the fucking States. I've been I have too. <laughs> just drove across the country a month ago. <laughs> That was a year ago. <laughs> I don't know. All right, uh, all right, folks. Uh, I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. 
from boosted same game parlays to live in game odds. Win bet is what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet a hundred dollars. Get a hundred dollar free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W Y N N B E T. State restrictions apply. Offer subject to change terms and conditions. Winbet.com must be 20 year old or present in the state where Winbet is available. If you're sure you know it's a game of problem, call 1 800 522 4700.